HB Media Minute, a podcast from Haynes and Boone that focuses on legal trends impacting the media and entertainment industry, intellectual property, and First Amendment law. Today, we're going to talk about data privacy, a vital topic that's in the news in a prominent way just about every day. We'll cover a lot of fertile ground today, including the General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR, which is the strict European legal regime that protects European citizens' personal data. We'll also talk today about the impact GDPR has had on data privacy regulations in the U.S. and how European and U.S. data privacy rules impact media companies. To help us unpack this area of law, we've invited Haynes and Boom partner Gavin George to the podcast. Gavin's practice covers privacy, data processing, technology transactions, and intellectual property in the information age. And he advises clients on the GDPR and California Consumer Privacy Act, or CCPA, which we will also talk about today. Before we get rolling, our disclaimer, this podcast is for informational purposes only, is not intended to be legal advice, and does not establish an attorney-client relationship. The topics we discuss are subject to change. Legal advice of any nature should be sought from your legal counsel. Gavin, thanks for joining today. Nathan, thanks for having me on, and I'm happy to be here on the Media Minute. Great. Um, So I think to start off, could you please provide an overview of the the GDPR and and why it's important to U.S. media companies? I will. Uh, When we're talking about privacy law, all roads lead back to the GDPR. Uh, The GDPR is the uh, precursor European uh, privacy law that has really set the stage for many of the privacy laws around the world, including those that are coming into play in places like California, as you mentioned, and Virginia. The the GDPR, unlike uh, laws that came before it in the United States, is a broad-ranging privacy law that applies to all types of data. Uh, It applies to your name, your email address, your phone number, and is not limited to the transactions you do with your bank or your healthcare provider. It is an all-encompassing type of law, the likes of which we did, um, we have not seen in the United States until recently. And when, when was that law implemented? Well, the GDPR has been around for about five or six years now, um, although the uh, impact it has has been uh, quite outsized. Uh, many countries have ad- adopted very close analogs to the GDPR. It's been very influential and, and frankly, a very successful law. There were some doubts at first that such a privacy, re- a strict privacy regime as the GDPR imagined was really workable. But I think the uh, both on the consumer side and on the political side, there's actually been quite a wide adoption of many of the ideas that the GDPR pioneered. And I'd be curious to, to hear what influence this has had on, on privacy laws in the U.S. Yeah, it's had a, an, an incredible influence in the U.S. Uh, privacy laws. Uh, the U.S. has a few privacy laws that uh, impact our health information and uh, HIPAA. Most people have heard of that one and, and impact our banking information. Uh, but we really haven't seen a, a sort of a all-encompassing uh, consumer privacy law in the U.S. until very recently. Uh, this is important because our audience today, maybe many media companies, never had to think about uh, what a privacy law meant. Um, they're they're born in healthcare; they're not in banking. But until these more recent laws came around, they didn't have to worry about um, 
privacy law. They didn't have to track this. Uh, there were a few laws that applied at the state level. If you were to lose like um, a social security number or a username or password, they would uh, uh, occasionally come up in these data breach scenarios. But here we are. Uh, here we are. And the topic we're really drilling down to on today is why should uh, companies in the U.S., especially media companies, should be playing very close attention and should be uh, adjusting their policies, adjusting their practices, adjusting the way that they design their products in light of these emerging laws. Um, these will only grow and pol proliferate in the future. Uh, we may see a federal law at the federal uh, law, the, the privacy law at the federal level, but we're not there yet. So right now we're dealing with these uh, new laws, um, the CCPA, and I'm, I'm going to throw a couple acronyms out there and uh, that we need to, uh, that I'll talk about. And hopefully I can keep these straight because these are the, <laughs> the CCPA is the California law. California law. Okay. Yeah, the yeah. CCPA is California law, which has recently been adjusted and amended amended by something called the CPRA. So the CPRA is an amendment to the CCPA. And then we have coming out a new Virginia law, which is the CDPA, uh, or sometimes shortened even further to VCDPA. So uh, I'll, I'll try and keep those straight, uh, you know, apart from the GDPR, which, which in itself is an acronym, but um, for the general. And, and just to follow up on that, for, so for now, privacy laws in the U.S. Are, are largely a creature of state law. I think, as you said, no federal law that, that covers this area as of yet. No general consumer law at the federal level. So we have two major state laws, California's leading, Virginia's close behind it. Many, many, many of these are at the legislative le level. Uh, Washington state has one at the legislative level. Uh, many other states uh, are, are considering these. But right now we have two enacted. Uh, and I bet by the end of the year, we have a, 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 at least a couple more. So I'd be curious, you talked a little bit about the sorts of data that's protected, but I'm curious. So how, how, does, how do these privacy laws work? Are companies prohibited from releasing any of the data that would be covered by the regulations? What, what, what are consumers' rights under these laws? Well, these laws grant consumers a number of new rights uh, that they didn't simply have before. Um, so these rights include uh, the right to be informed through typically a privacy policy about what uses their data is being put to. Well, first of all, what data is being gathered? Uh, what what is being taken is is a, is an uh, the IP address of a media viewer being monitored? Are there trends in what the in what media they're consuming that's being tracked? If, of course, easy one is is their name and email address or uh, used uh, you know to identify them, and then who is that data shared with? Uh, that uh, this will be part of your privacy policy generally as well, uh, where the company, especially media company, must disclose, you know, which advertisers that's shared with, which analytics companies that's shared with. Is this going back to content creators or producers or uh, are there are the partners that this data is being shared with? The consumer has a right to be informed about that. 
And so apart from receiving notice about how their data is going to be used, the uh, California law uh, uh, offers the consumer a new right to have their data deleted. Um, so companies that are, are you know, gathering consumer data, sharing consumer data, must be ready now for these uh, deletion requests. Uh, the consumer has the right to fill out a form or send an email and saying uh, and telling the company, I'd like you to delete my data that you, you hold about me. Uh, these can be quite time consuming and, and difficult to, to process, much more so even if the, com if the company that's delivering the content or the media is not doing a good job of tracking what personal data about their customers that they're, that they're, uh, that they're holding. And then hot off the presses of the, the, of the newest law, the newest adjustment to the CCPA called the CPRA, there's also a right to uh, ask the company for a list of uh, who's had access to the data and to and require the company not to keep the, the data longer than it's needed. So there's a variety of new rights here, and these may arrive uh, at your doorstep in a variety of ways. They may come through a, a request via phone, email, form on your website, uh, and uh, companies, including media companies that are holding a lot of uh, customer data need to be prepared. So again, as you say, you, those privacy notice, notices can come in all those fashions. I guess sometimes when consumers are on a website, you might get a pop-up window. Is, is that also a way that a, a privacy notice could be communicated? Yes. The CCPA gave us clarity on this that we didn't have before. We had privacy policies and notices. They've always existed as long as the, uh, the internet has been around. But what it said is that the notice must be provided at the point of collection. So that gave us some additional clarity. And that's why you see a pop-up, right? As you're signing up for a service, buying a product, lots of times you'll see a pop-up that says, you know, you agree to our privacy notice. Uh, if you, by clicking accept, they're checking the box or doing something like that. So uh, companies, whenever they're gathering a new piece of data, need to present a privacy notice or a privacy policy that explains what they're going to do with that data at the point of collection. I'm just curious, um, do these rules apply to the company's conduct just in California and Virginia, or, or do companies just, whatever the rules are, adopt that as a policy nationwide? Well, one of the things we saw with the European GDPR is even though it applied only to residents of the EU, its impact was outsized around the world because data has no borders, right? Whenever you're having a customer or a, a, a consumer of media, they could they oftentimes are anywhere. Uh, this is a global market. So even though that the GDPR was a is, is a European law limited to the borders of Europe, it companies began to adopt the practices worldwide. Many of my clients that I talked to said, you know what, GDPR, we're just going to treat all our data that way. Now coming to our shores is the same thing. We have many companies who didn't have a footprint in Europe. Now they operate in the, they're a U.S.-based company with U.S. customers. Now we have the California law and the Virginia law, which only apply to California consumers or Virginia consumers. So strictly speaking, they only apply to data about California consumers and Virginia consumers. Mm -hmm. Many companies in the interest of not adopting two separate regimes or two different databases are just treating all their data according to these new laws. And they're having an outside of outsized effect on data processing. Yeah, I would think if you adopt 
you know, these, these data privacy protocols, uh, you know, that, that comply with say the CPRA be too administratively burdensome to have one set of regulations, one set of protocols in California and another in other States. So it just becomes sort of the company standard. That is very common uh, for companies to be just saying, you know what, we're going to have a CCPA privacy policy. We're going to just adhere to that standard and we're going to keep it uniform and, and, Hopefully, more simple. You've talked about this in the in the customer context. How does this apply to employees of a of a media company or any or any other business for that matter? Do do businesses have privacy obligations to their workforce as well? Excellent, excellent question, and often one that is overlooked when a company is deciding whether it's subject to the CCPA or a new privacy law, another new privacy law. The GDPR from the first day it was was uh, implemented and in force applied to both consumers and employees. The CCPA was drafted with that in mind, but the employee portions of the CCPA have been delayed or were delayed. They're now kicking into effect about a year after the CCPA came into effect. There's still a delay on some business contact information, which is sort of the information you use just to do business with, you know, hey, uh, you know, uh, John Doe at you know, company.com. Uh, but that's getting a little bit a little bit out there. The important thing to know is, yes, if not today, very soon, um, these privacy laws are, will apply to the workforce. And just think about how much more information one often has about uh, it, uh, their employees than their their customers. So that's an, that also means that there must be an employee privacy policy. And if an employee or an ex-employee requests that their data be deleted from the system and from the employee records, a company has to be prepared to address that request. But it sounds like there's a, as you as you suggest, there's a recognition in the law that a business has, you know, a justified basis to have maybe a little more information about employees than than, than customers. Is is that right, Gavin? Yeah, uh, that's right. I think that's the expectation. That's the reality at, at many at many companies. I mean, you have just so much, you know, your employees' payroll information and you know, you know immigration information. Uh, if applicable, and, uh, you know, uh, personnel records. You may have quite a bit of information about employees, including sensitive information. And here's the thing about these new privacy laws. They often put many requirements for disclosure and granting access and granting consumer rights in their data, but neither the GDPR or the CCPA or the v, uh, the VCDPA, to borrow that Virginia acronym again, say anything that you can't collect data. There's no new barriers being put up, which is thankfully not something that companies need to worry about as long as they're treating the data properly. So let's assume uh, that, that a company doesn't follow the letter of, of a, any of these laws. Could that give rise to a private cause of action? This is a big debate and something that companies are very scared of. Tech companies, media companies, uh, you know, 
those companies that operate with a large amount of customers or users are very concerned about a private right of action because that's really where the teeth come in in the big class action, whether it be no class action lawsuits come in. Right now, under the uh, CCPA and the Virginia Privacy Law, the private right of action is limited only to certain data breaches. So there, if there's a loss of data, a misuse of data, you know, the data gets out there improperly, there are some limited rights for a private individual to bring a private right of action. But for simple violations of the privacy policy um, that a company may put up and may have not, you know, by mistake or intentionally not followed, the enforcement power lies with the attorney general's office of the state. And the attorney general's office of the state is not as, frankly, as scary as a, as a class action lawsuit. Not to say that they, they won't bring enforcement action. We've already seen a, a number of these out of California and they can be not easy to deal with. But um, they, uh, they are a different type of thing to deal with when you're dealing with a regulator like the attorney general's office rather than a consumer in class action. And there are, for example, so if a, a business may have not sent the, the correct, say, privacy notice, no showing that there was a data breach, to the extent that would give rise to a penalty or an, or an enforcement action that would be by a state attorney general's office? That's correct. And they, they're right now, I, I, I assume, I haven't been in one of these offices, <laughs> assembling their teams to uh, to enforce these new uh, very new laws. I, I remember hearing the, the California Attorney General say that, uh, you know, when the CCPA was passed, I had, I had one person <laughs> ready to enforce the CCPA, and I needed to build up that team quickly. <laughs> but this is a new type of regulation, right? This is a, this is a new world we're in um, uh, where they're, they're building out the teams we're just beginning to see the enforcement. We not we haven't caught on to a whole lot of the trends yet. We're not sure what the the enforcement arms are really going to focus on. Are they going to focus on poorly written privacy policies? Are they going to focus more on breaches? Are they going to focus on companies who don't respond to these deletion requests? We we don't know that yet. We're still in the very preliminary stages, and we're we're not sure where the regulators are really going to be looking. And do you think we may have more regulatory infrastructure around this? I mean, might we see, or maybe there's already a California office of consumer data privacy. I just wonder who, who will going forward, who, who will be charged within states of enforcing and these, these existing laws and then, and then, you know, admit or proposing new laws, I guess. Yeah. These, these apparatuses, these regulatory, mm-hmm apparatuses are being built as we speak. Um, it does fall to the California Attorney General, Virginia Attorney General, as I mentioned, what they decide to do with those, what those offices even look like. Are they staffed with attorneys? Are they staffed with, you know, um, you know, government sort of administrators? Who, how do they investigate? Are they going to take complaints? Are there going to be a complaint form that you can, you can complain about a, a violation of your personal data rights. 
that is all coming together, which makes this very exciting, right? It makes it very sort of scary for companies that have a lot of uh, customer data and user data and, and want to get involved with their customers. But it's also a, a, a time to be aware and to sort of establish best practices uh, as these as these uh, frameworks come into place. Important thing to notice, I don't think I've mentioned this yet, the CCPA just barely came into effect and just even uh, in, in 2020, uh, 2021, we saw some of the employee data provisions come back into effect. And so we're, we're just barely there. The CPRA, which was recently passed as an amendment, and the Virginia law don't come into full effect in 2023. So we are almost eight, we're over 18 months early uh, talking about these issues. Um, but they are, you can't wait until January 1st, 2023 to have your compliance house in order. Uh, of course, you need to be ready for these and uh, so that you aren't, um, you aren't in the crosshairs of the attorney general's. Yeah, that makes sense. And by the way, I think I like Virginia law more than VDCPA. I don't know if we can, you know, use that as the is the new new phrase sure. going forward. Yeah, um, there's too many too many letters. Can we just say <laughs> Virginia? I, I think we need to talk to somebody. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know who gets to decide what the acronym is. Perhaps the uh, legislature sort of slipped that in there. But uh, you know, it's always interesting to see these develop. <laughs> Maybe a new administrative body for that. Well, before we wrap up, I mean, any other steps that you think kind of businesses should be taking now or thinking about to, to prepare for this brave new world? Absolutely. Your, world, your, your, your path to compliance with these new U.S. privacy laws is always through having a finger on uh, your data. And the better data map that you have of your organizations or your company's data, where the databases are. One, do you have one for the employees? Do you have one for your customers? Do you have affiliates with databases? Do you have, you know, EU data in the EU and US data in the US? Just getting your finger on that is a time consuming, but very, very valuable process. That's, that needs to be step one or even step zero into compliance with these, with these laws. Uh, consult your legal counsel who is, uh, has, has, can tell you what other companies similar to your own uh, are doing in the, uh, what their policies look like, what best practices are emerging. There are privacy consultants that are very useful for the same sort of things. Uh, as this is a new emerging regime, oftentimes just staying with the pack is a very safe place to be having a, a, a similar practices, procedures, um, uh, po privacy policies as, uh, as other companies are doing that may be in the same space is often, is often very, uh, a very safe place to be. Um, be ready for any consumer requests. They're coming in. I, I see them, you know, multiple times a week. Uh, they may come in, come in in very odd ways. They may have very odd, uh, requests and being able to respond to those, uh, having an internal team ready, uh, having a privacy expert in your organization or one that you have on speed dial uh, is 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 important uh, so that when you get one of these requests or you're dealing with an issue, you know exactly who you can how, who you can bring up. And just keeping an eye on these uh, state 
legislatures. There are a few, few uh, trackers online. The International Association of Privacy Professionals has one that are tracking these uh, privacy laws. They are very hot. They are very popular and they are coming and more are coming. We may get uh, a federal law that may preempt these state laws, which I personally think would help alleviate confusion. I hope it's a good federal law if we do get one. Uh, but just keeping an eye on the, the, uh, the legislation coming through is also a good preparatory um, thing to be doing. Well, Gavin, thank you. It's just such a fascinating topic and I can understand the, the desire for a federal law. Just, it's hard for me to imagine how companies could keep track of a patchwork of, of state laws out there. Um, well, again, a really interesting area of the law that I'm sure is evolving daily, weekly. So love to have you come back on at some point and, and tell us, you know, give us an update on this. Uh, thanks again, Gavin. Appreciate it. Great. Happy to be on. I hope I'm not updating you on 48 more state laws in the future, <laughs> but we'll keep, we'll keep an eye on it. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Before we sign off, I'd just like to remind everyone that you can find our podcast and other content from our IP and media and entertainment litigation practice groups at HanesBoone.com. And you can also find this podcast uh, on, on com as well as most popular podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Thanks, and I hope you'll join us next time for HB Media Minute.